This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Today's guest is Ritu Laboff. Ritu is one of the featured authors of the book We Touched Heaven, and she's a native of India who has had a lifetime of spiritually transformative experiences, which we will talk about today. Ritu, thank you so much for joining me, and welcome. I am so thrilled to be on your show. Looking forward to talking about STEs. All right, that's great. So if you don't mind, can we start with your most impactful STE that has happened to you? Okay. Um, So as you mentioned, I've had many, many STEs, but the most impactful one um, that literally changed my life 180 degrees was the one that happened in Dallas. And this was late 1997, early 1998. And this was my time period when I had always been searching for answers like who am I and why am I here why is anybody here and is it everything random and is there any meaning to what um, we go through in our lives and how does this all connect so in that pursuit I one of these days I had an amazing dream and it had all kinds of circles it's hard to explain I would be able to draw it but when I woke up, I thought it had the perfect answer to all the questions I had been asking, but I didn't know how to interpret it. And so I was searching for the answer for that dream. And in that process, I eventually started joining some meditation groups to um, see if somehow some blazing insight <laughs> can come. Uh, Hey, dream came. So maybe another insight can come to me. And this was one of the metaphysical bookstores in the outskirts of uh, Dallas. And at that time, it was about 40 minutes drive from my house. There was streets and highway driving. And I was there for my meditation gathering. So we were in the back room. And since it was a bookstore, my interest was, you know, maybe there is some book and there are metaphysical books somewhere. There's a picture, there's an explanation. And I sat for meditation along with others. And I went into it so deep that I didn't realize that everybody had left already. But the shop owner was kind enough to not disturb me. And she just let me sit there. And when I came out of it, I looked at the watch and it was about nine o'clock, store was supposed to close. So I decided, uh, well, it's kind of too late. I don't want to bother the shopkeeper to inquire anything. And I felt disappointed because during meditation, I didn't get any sparks and any blazing lights or insights that came. But I was feeling very, very peaceful and very, very um, calm. And um, so I said, bye. I stepped out. And by that time, it was nighttime. And it was a very small little um, pathway, a little road street that goes from that parking lot, small parking lot. There were only two cars in there, my car and shopkeeper's car, and was pretty much just... um, nobody else around. So feeling a little disappointed um, that I still don't have the answer. I sat in my car. I closed my door, put on my seatbelt and took the key, put it in the ignition. And as soon as I put the key in the ignition, I heard this loudest explosion. And for a split second, I thought my car had exploded. But what had happened is that next instance, I was 360 degrees. I was in this complete awareness state. I was 
experiencing this love that I had never experienced before. This love was purer than pure. This love was not something that you would say that there was something and that it possessed love or it expressed love. It was love itself. The very essence of what I was experiencing was love itself. And it was overflowing. Kind of like when you take a piece of cloth and you dip it in water and it's saturated with water and you hang it up and it's just dripping water. The love was just dripping. It was just beyond imagination the, that that kind of love. And it was dripping. And I, it looked like it was just love drops. Love was just dropping <laughs> from the love itself. And it was manifesting into form. So each blade of grass, each tree, each drop of water, each, anything that has, is manifested form was those love drops that were dropping. And I noticed that I had been bawling, I had been crying, and I, I would want to explain it like, really want to try to convey that love was like not like a jelly-filled donut, like there is something and then you fill it with jelly and it, it was something and you filled it with love. It was just pure love. The essence of it was pure love. And then I next was like, I felt like a little jerk, like you in your standard shift car and you change the gear, the very slightest little jerk. And then I noticed that I, it's like my awareness, I'm not aware of my body, but my awareness went to front of me, kind of just like how your background is. There was these billions of stars and I can't quantify the speed. They're just coming, coming towards the windshield. And before they touch the windshield, they're disappearing. Now, in retrospect, I'm saying windshield, but at that time, I wasn't aware of the my presence, my body, or that I am in the car. But that's how I was noticing. They was they would just come about maybe like a millimeter away from the windshield and then just dissolve and disappear. And that that I have been bawling and crying and crying. And then again, that slight shift happened again. And then I was it. That love that I was experiencing as separate from it, I was that. And that was like the source is me. I am in source. And I am the all-pervading. I am the timeless. I am this eternal where it's everything within nothing. I am the manifest and unmanifest. And, and these are my love drops. I am the one overflowing. And in that state, that shift, that sudden jerk happened again, like that gear shift. And then I, it's like I became aware. I, so I call that macro me. And then I became aware of this mini me. So I became aware simultaneously that all of this pervasive, pervasiveness, all of this omnipresence is me, the macro me, and then it is my own self, the love drop, that is this mini me, and that there is this flow of that love between the two, and this macro me is wanting to experience and express myself through this mini me and then my awareness went more towards mini me sitting in the car and again so I don't know that I am in the car because it's still the 
space and the stars that are coming towards the windshield. And this thought arises or this conscious um, process arises saying, well, if all of that is me, the macro me, everything that is me, and here this mini me, what is this something separate that is processing this information, that is noticing this? And my, I realized that there was something that was like where my actual, if I had been able to feel my actual physical head, that around it, all around it, was this um, sort of consciousness that was processing all of this information and questioning this at that moment. That if that is me and this is me, then what is this that's noticing? And then I'm still not aware of my body, but then I am still crying, like, how did I get separate? Where and how did I get separate from my macro self? And what caused it? And and it's it was like I also at that time I became not just the individual body and individual um awareness, it's like I became the collective body and collective. So I'm experiencing this collective suffering and I'm crying it's like where did we where did I I as in collective get off track where how did all this violence this hate and this suffering has come from and I was just bawling and bawling and in that state Next thing I notice is that uh, I'm turning off my ignition key and I'm in my driveway in, at my house. And I step out of the car, tears are streaming, streaming, streaming from my eyes. And this is the first time I become aware of the actual physical reality around me that I am in my driveway and I'm just still completely soaking in love. It's like my whole being is vibrating and I open my front door and it's late by that time. My two little toddler kids, they were, I entered the house, they, everything, the lights were off and they were sleeping. I walked into my little son's room and he temporarily woke up. I picked him up. I rocked him for a few seconds. And, and all this while tears are streaming from my eyes. I put him back down, changed my clothes. I went back. I went into my bed. I sat up and then it was like all of this had been pause time and it all restarted again. And yeah, I'm just completely soaking in love. It's like my whole being, every fiber of my being is just vibrating. But then something else happened. I'm starting to hear sounds. It's like the Sanskrit ancient Sanskrit chants. And I feel the presence of sages. I did not see them. But it was very like, it's almost like with my, in, like I knew that all around me, that was their presence. And these sages are, are chanting the mantras. And it's like those sacred, they call yagyas, those ceremonies are going on. And there is this fragrance emanating from them. So it's like I'm like in multidimensional, like I'm in this different dimension where all of this is going on and then I am experiencing at the same time and this fragrance completely unearthly fragrance something kind of close to sandalwood but not that and it's just filling up my senses so these sounds these chants 
and this fragrance, my nostrils, my forehead. And so this whole combination of the love just flowing through every fiber, every nerve, every cell of my being just vibrating. And then my heart is exploding. And then these sounds and this um, fragrances, it's like I'm just having this sensory overload. And so I'm, I sit there and it's like I'm just ready to explode. I'm just, I'm going to blow up into a billion pieces because my nerves can't handle this. So I'm trying and trying to be able to somehow assimilate all of this is going on. But then I reached a point where I literally felt like I will just, I will just blow up into a billion pieces. And then something just inside me, I just screamed like I cannot take it anymore. And that just that very instant, everything stopped. And then I went to bed. I felt extremely exhausted because the entire time I had been crying. And um, so, but I had to wake up real early when I woke up. It felt like I had just barely fallen asleep. So I am thinking maybe I was actually sitting there for at least four or five hours with that experience and that the 40 minute drive was um, I had no awareness of I never was aware of my body of any uh, or any anything about the physical reality so um, that uh, was uh, the most transformative in that sense where Right after that, I started feeling so I had a very successful IT career, a software engineer, and I would find myself at my computer, at my laptop, completely spaced out, and that there was there would be this uh, feeling just screaming inside me. It's like, this is not what I came here for. This is not what I'm supposed to be doing. And it's like, what am I doing here? And so that continued. And then during, and so there were more STEs happening. And on one of those days, I was sitting at my desk and then I'm hearing like this ringing, ringing sound in the air on top of my head. It was like I have these vibrations and I kind of feeling really odd. So I said, let me step away from my desk. And uh, fortunately, there were only a handful of females on that floor of my office. So I knew that I could just escape to the restroom and uh, probably no one else will be in there. And I went into the restroom, I sat on the toilet seat. And then it was like I was out of body again. And there was this being that came. And now I don't have complete memory of what that being looked like. But the experience that I had, this being wanted to show me that everything that's happening is simultaneous, that all the lives are happening simultaneously and i was curious like how is that possible because we are in linear time and you know it's reincarnation it's one life at a time so this being this stage appeared and and so if you have a big stage and let's say there are three separate uh, timelines going on, three separate stories that are going on on a stage. And then the lighting, light, the engineer that takes care of the light knows how to shift the light onto a certain part of the stage where the audience will only be aware of the that particular scene and the rest is in darkness, although it's right there, but you're not seeing that. So that was conveyed to me mm, that see how everything, there is no time. It is all simultaneous. It's where your attention is that this is what you're seeing because you are experiencing this lifetime 
and this is where your mind is focused so you are then aware of this lifetime but everything else is happening simultaneously so similarly like these kind of experiences were happening and um so there was um another one that i will add to it that in my car every time i would get in the car my rear view mirror would be turned around and for days i could not figure it out it's like is there some screw loose in my rear view mirror or maybe i'm accidentally carrying my bag and accidentally hitting the rear view mirror that it turns around and it would keep happening and then one time i stepped out of the car barely just for a, for maybe a minute to get something got back in the car and the rear view mirror was turned and so it's like this is bizarre but something was i just started laughing i don't know how what how it tickled my funny bone i was just cracking up and it's like what well, this is a message but it was maybe that something the being inspired me i don't know who was doing that but when i reflected upon it it's like wow this is happening to give me a message and when i reflected upon it the message i got from it it's like stop looking stop living your life through rear view mirror and um move forward so in other words like the whole sense of urgency that i had that i want to be like what am i doing here what am i doing in this role i want to be able to find out what next i want to do is basically you know so there was all of these different different ways messages were coming to me there were many more but ultimately i then did leave my career and then i started doing energy healing work and so many miraculous healings have happened and organically while i was doing the energy healing work um i realized that people are uh, how when they are not living from the spiritual perspective they are too much um, they're not realizing that they are the spirit that a uh, lot of the suffering happens a lot of disease happens and so that if little by little it became more necessary for me to offer that start offering that guidance to people and that's how i more my circle started growing bigger and then people wanting me to to write something and so i started my website and um it's like start you know say something so i started my youtube videos and Mm, so in in that process here i am today talking to you <laughs> all right well thank you for sharing that with us yeah. okay. you know it's interesting that you had an amazing drive home because i've driven home many times and just daydreamed and wondered how did i get here but you take it to a whole another level <laughs> absolutely do you feel like when you did the meditation and everybody had left Do you feel like that was the catalyst that started your your experience even though you don't recall anything? I I truly give the credit to the grace of my guru. Hmm. So I believe that we try different ways, different methods, different techniques to reach that um seek self realization but it's ultimately the grace it's not the method or technique you are using mm-hmm. it is the it is the grace that gives you helps you progress and so mm, i've had my guru um since i was 21 years old okay. and he's a complete uh, enlightened master and so i've uh, I've had STEs before that also before this major one 
and the many, many experiences. So I think it was the cumulative impact. It was probably the right time or I needed it mm-hmm. at that time. Mm-hmm. So I could move. I could make that huge shift right. in my life. All right. So when you say guru, for not everybody, I think, may be familiar with that term, but that's just a term that means your own spiritual teacher? Spiritual master. So there's differentiation. Uh, I would like to say what guru actually means. These days, it's very commonly used just for anybody who's an expert in something. Mm-hmm. But gu and ru, is it's a combination of two words, Sanskrit words. That means the one who helps remove the darkness, which is the ignorance. So the human ignorance, ignorance of not remembering um, that we are the divine self, the our ultimate reality is the eternal um, self, the source. And so the one who helps remove that and takes you beyond the beyond is actually what guru means Mm -hmm. and so it is and so of course as with anything there are teachers and there are masters and then there's absolutely fully completely merged beings enlightened masters different ways we can call them so my guru is that okay good i'm glad you cleared that up for me see i even had it wrong is this person still living and were you like studying with him and he lived in India or how did you learn from him? Yeah, so I uh, came, so it's always said when the student is ready, teacher will arrive. And it's always said in Vedas also, we had uh, briefly touched upon Vedas before we started um, our talk today those are the ancient most ancient um, documented scriptures they um, talk about the guru and um, so that guru will find you you are incapable of finding guru it's like god finds you you cannot find god in a way and um, although it may seem like the processes that you're hunting for guru. And so that's how I came across my, my family um, happened to come to know about him and contacted him. And he visited our house. At that time, I just thought just like most everybody does, he is this sage, a saint, and you just be respectful to them and get their blessings. And that's all. I didn't feel any differently. But then a few days later, I happened to go to his ashram. So he has ashrams in India. And then he has an ashram in Canada also. I went to his ashram in India. And that's where I experienced, um, I got to see miracles. But it wasn't the miracles that impressed me but that I, for the first time, felt this pure love coming from him, something that I had up to that time had never, ever experienced in my life. And there's just this love that just unstainable, just that something that's so pure that can't be stained, can't be like you can't even touch it and stain it like that kind of love emanating from him. And so that inspired me then to say he is somebody I can ask a question. And so I asked him, is there uh, really heaven and hell? Because we grow up hearing so much about it. And uh, and there's so much fear centered around um, the whole concept of, oh, we do this, you're going to heaven, do this, going to hell. So I wanted to clarify that. And I asked him, and so he just paused and looked at me for a couple of seconds and said, no, there is no physical heaven and hell. It's all your state of mind. And it's like, whoa, that blew me away. I had never expected that. And uh, so then I asked some other question. I don't remember what I asked. And then he just simply looked at me. He says, you know, you have all the answers within you. Go and experience them for yourself. And then he initiated me. 
which some of the ancient masters that follow the ancient traditions, they, their method of initiation is that they will give you a guru mantra, a mantra to chant. And it is specifically for you that mantra could be, could make sense, could be nonsense uh, sounds, but it is infused with that divine energy that is somehow, it's like a custom built medicine for your spiritual progress. And but I had no clue. I got no set of instructions what to do with it. So I didn't really do anything with it. Um, it was much, much later. But um, then I was here in United States and I um, was, uh, I had a couple of his uh, discourses. And then I had one book that he has written about nature of mind. And that's about it. I was pretty much just, I was just I wanted to go to the very depths of it and understand what he was saying and, and just kind of figuring things out on my own. And then some of the experiences started happening and I started connecting more and more with my intuition. So I did not get any specific set of instructions, but my seeking was so intense and my seeking was just so strong that when he said that all the answers are within you, and then when he said there is no physical heaven and hell, it's your state of mind, then it became my absolute passion to understand then, okay, then that means we have to understand our mind. What is mind? And because it is the state of mind that experiences the linear time and the suffering and the and that like it is hell or heaven. And so just um, kind of just trying a little bit of meditation on my own and things like that. And so I had, I had many experiences. And one of those was that one day, just suddenly I, I just like I was in pure bliss, a, like complete love. Now, at this time, other than the book that I had, I had no exposure because I grew up in a very intellectual environment and that had no other reference to um, religion or spirituality, really. So I did not have any preconceived expectations or understanding about anything related to spirituality. I mean, I didn't even know what guru means. At that time, I didn't know. And I was just seeking. And so this, it was almost 40 days, I was in pure bliss. I had, I had, I didn't need to sleep. I didn't feel tired. I did not feel hunger. I did not feel thirst. I mean, I, I was so shocked. I I forced myself to eat a little bit, but it was just like, just, just like in a state of bliss. And um, then that, when I came out of that, then I understood that, um, you know, this, this all happens with the grace of the master. And then um, I just started um, trying to find groups to uh, start uh, where I can meditate. And then I found one of the groups here in Dallas. He was, uh, he had studied, he was a Caucasian who had uh, gone to um, be with the Buddhist monks. And for 20 years, he had studied there. I don't know if it's okay to mention his name, but uh, Hugh Resnick, he was um, Hugh. Now, I'm not very sure about the last name, but his name was Hugh. So I was very fascinated. Um, so I'm just uh, saying that this is my little exposure. So I didn't know anything really much about Buddhism per se or what meditation really entails. I was just exploring. I went to his house and then we are a few students sitting in front of him. He's sitting in front of us. He tells us, close your eyes and uh, just focus on your breath and uh, meditate. 
So I am feeling like, okay, I really don't understand what this is all about, but this is the instruction I've been given. And I sit there and then suddenly I hear this like a big jolt on my heart, like something or like a rock came and hit my heart and and tears started rolling from like as if I've been hurt and emotional pain and tears started rolling from my eyes and I jolted and I opened my eyes and I look at him. It's like, what was this? And because it wasn't something physical, but like a force of a ball that hit. And that was my first understanding um, of uh, about energy where he told me that he uh, he does a different uh, practice where he channels his kundalini energy. I don't know if everybody's familiar with the word kundalini. That's like the divine force that's within us that lies dormant until it is awakened in some people. So he was channeling it round and round, like from the back, down from the spine all the way to the front and that many years ago he had an accident and that uh, the, the he had a blockage in lower part of his back and that every time that energy flows and hits that part, it there's a jolt over there. Something that was happening inside his body and I am about eight to 10 feet away from him, that jolt I am feeling that's what I felt. And because that was pain to him, I felt that as my pain, as the emotional pain and tears were rolling. And so this, then he told me, it's like, wow, what you have experienced, like you have really, really sensitive energy field and what you have experienced, like this level of sensitivity, people, yogis, acquire, monks acquire after years, decades and decades of um, practices that they do that you already have it. And so there were all of these bits and pieces, bits and pieces. It wasn't just one big thing that were coming into my awareness and which uh, then one day, so you were asking me, was that the meditation? No, that meditation was just one in the series of all of this that was happening. Okay. Now you mentioned through your main experience that you cried quite a bit. Were these tears of joy or tears of releasing years of stress and anxiety and stuff like that? These were tears of overwhelm, sheer overwhelm, the intensity of love that I was feeling. Like, I could not contain this love. Okay. So I, almost, I kind of see that as tears of joy then. Tears of joy. Happiness, okay. you just, it's overwhelming you. Yeah. It's like, how have I been separate from this? And it like billions and trillions of years, how have I been separate from this? And yeah. So that, so it's, I guess, how would you call that mixture? <laughs> of uh, pain that how have I been separate from this and then the then the joy of having and experiencing this mm. so mixture mm. now in the beginning of the podcast you said that you were seeking out why are we here what is the point to life what are we doing here have you found those answers that you were looking for I have to my satisfaction. Um, so with all the other STEs that have happened, I came to realize that I, that me, the source is just wanting to experience itself through the infinite diversity. And it, it is the formless, the formless, it's wanting to manifest itself and experience its uniqueness because each one of us are unique 
every lifetime it's unique there is no other like you like me and it happens only one time and so within that uniqueness how we respond to um, the script that we come with and that like adds to the expansion and so there is that within the earth realm within the human uh, lifetime that we come in this realm of duality and which what creates the sense of duality the separateness is the mind which to me like mind is made of the there's the thought and there's the emotion so put together that's the mind that creates that mind is time and so coming from timelessness and beyond the time we come into a limited self of time and then experience that and add to the expansion and the joy and the bliss and the exhilaration of just experiencing itself in myriads and myriads infinite forms and infinite ways mm-hmm. and um that the whole journey is to go back to the realization oneness with the source and and to go beyond time be beyond mind mm-hmm. and um um so and that there are all the realities are happening simultaneously so it's just all an illusion mm-hmm. so it's really just all illusion that there is really no different space there is no there are different dimensions different realities and they are all happening simultaneously so i experienced mm, myself in five different realities and each one and as its individual experiencer and experience and an observer and an experiencer of the rust so it's all sides 360 degrees it's it's all happen it's everything is simultaneous but that it's just split into little parts to just experience the experience the joy and the bliss of having gone through that journey and then going marching back into oneness you mentioned in your experience that you heard I think chanting in Sanskrit. Have you had any other STEs that you saw symbols of Indian spirituality? Mhm, yes. Um so because my guru, oh one of the questions I want to answer for you you had asked is my guru still in body? No, in 2013 he left his body, but we the devotees, we his disciples many of them are uh, experiencing him as just as he was in body we are there are many of them who see him in dreams or actually talk to him and even when he was in body he would be simultaneously at different places doing different things all over the globe mm-hmm. um and um so it's no different so for us I understood his body to be just a hologram that he was omnipresent even when he was in that um presenting that illusion of a body so he is very much here as he was so the other question uh, coming back to what you said so he uh, was a complete yogi we call him um yogi raj 1008 we give him that title of 1008 that he was the perfected yogi all the powers that can possibly be had that are within the uh, uh, capacity potentiality he had them and so because i assume because he was this perfected yogi so he had perfect um command on the kundalini shakti which is that divine um shakti the power that is dormant within us so me as his disciple i got to experience that that got awakened in during my meditations and in that i experienced 
uh, kriyas, like yogasanas and kriyas. Kriyas is like movements and vibrations and mudras, like hand gestures, kind of like when we meditate, you know, we have this, this is what would be called a mudra. And those were happening automatically within me. And during one of those um, meditation sittings that I was having, I experienced myself as Lord Shiva. Like it's not me. I had the awareness that I am the one that's supposed to be sitting there. But then what I'm experiencing myself is Lord Shiva sitting there. And um, another time I had, uh, there is uh, Ma Durga. We know she is this divine, this the feminine principle of the divine mother. And she is usually shown as sitting on a tiger. And so I experienced that in Ma Kali. And so it was, and then at a separate time, there is usually when you watch uh, Lord Shiva's uh, depiction in movies, you see him dancing. It's called Tandav. And it's a very forceful dance and it's supposed to manifest the, the creation and destruction of the universe. Like it's being created and, and manifested. And it's called, it's, that dance is called the, the, the Tandav, Niritya. It's called the, the dance is the Tandav. And I, I, it's like I went into that energy and I started dancing like that. I am not a dancer. I'm extremely conscious of my body. <laughs> and I am not the types to even, if somebody asked me to get up and move, dance a little bit, I'm very, very hesitant. But yet here I was standing in the room and I was, I had just become that energy and I was dancing like that. So many other deities like that I experienced. So then I and asked my, my guru was not the one to give me answers very readily. Like I said, he had put a full stop on that, that day when he told me that all the answers are within you, you experience for yourself. So, but during that process, just tiny little bit at a time, he would give me little snippets of answers, um, but not too much. And um, when I asked him about these, this how it's being, I feel like a manifest, like this is who I am. So he said that these are all your own forms mm-hmm. of your own soul. This is these, these, because everything is within source. And so all these forms are within source. So these these are just forms that are manifesting. And so that that's within you. That's part of you. And so many answers like that that brought clarity. And then eventually I kept meditating. And then one day suddenly I felt a complete disconnect where I felt even though I've had that I had that I am experience many years ago, but it hadn't really completely assimilated inside me. It but now I literally felt that I am not this body and mind, that I am separate from the body and mind. It's like I'm witness of myself. I'm witness of my thoughts. I'm witness of my emotions. I'm witness of my body and that this is separate. And from then on, pretty much it continued that way. And that is the witness consciousness. And that's when I realized that your way out of the reincarnational cycle starts when you get into the witness consciousness, when you have this separation from your false identity of body and mind versus I am not this body and mind, that I am a witness of it, that that's really when the the forward journey begins. Until then, you are identified 
with the limited mind and body. And therefore, no matter what you have done, when it's time to leave the form, then you go into the subtler realms, and which is kind of what we call NDE's experience. And then we take on another form and we continue that. So until the that separation happens and you start with the witness consciousness, not as intellectual understanding, but you really experience it as I am I am just me, just like I am sitting in my car driving. Car is not me. Car engine is not me. I am separate from the vehicle. So this body and mind is a vehicle that is separate and I'm, I'm in it. I'm driving it, but that's not who I am. And so, sorry. And um, so this like progressively, these realizations have been happening that's very interesting. Now, you mentioned NDEs, and I think you kind of mentioned the realms that they go to. How would you refer to these realms and the things, what people are seeing with your lens? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, coming back to there is really no time and there is really no separate space, right? It's all nothingness. And I like to describe it as like mathematical formula, like zero multiplied by infinity. So this infinity manifested phenomenal is contained within the zero where it's nothing, this void, and within that, this manifestation. So the the darkness and the light, they are all part of the same thing. It's all the same. Uh, and it's just, it depends on what part of which side of the coin you're experiencing. But it's all all part of the same, uh, coming from the same source. So if... Uh, so there is really no difference. Maybe some some person needed to experience the light portion of it for whatever purpose they needed to, and some needed to experience the dark portion of it, but it's all part of that same source, and it all works simultaneously. It exists simultaneously. So just like we put seed in the ground, right, it needs both darkness and light to grow. So there is part of it is in dark and part of it is in light, so we are existing simultaneously in light and in darkness. Mm-hmm. And it just so happens that whatever they needed to experience. Mm-hmm. So people who don't come back, in your opinion, where do they go to and what, what happens next? Many masters. I personally do not have my own downloaded knowledge of that. But given all the variety of the the multiple realities I experienced and simultaneously, and within that, what I have come to conclude and agree with is some of the pictures, the illustrations I have seen when I have been in India, where they depict how there are different dimensions kind of like when we have school we have elementary school right there are different grades to it and then we go to middle school and there are different grades to it and then there is high school different grades to it and then college so like that there are different levels there is a gross level this gross physical reality within that we mostly experience three different levels there is a ordinary awake state in which you and I are right now. And then there is this ordinary dream state where conscious mind is shuts down, kind of you're in unconscious, but you are still aware of your power and your knowledge because you're experiencing that in the dream. And then there is the deep sleep state where there is nothing that's void. There is nothing that can go and report and come back that 
where I was, you don't know. There is no consciousness. There is no mm, awareness, experience of your power, your knowledge, whoever you are. And so the same way in the subtler realm, beyond the gross realm, where we go when we leave the gross body, the, within subtler realms, there are, there are levels. And in some of the NDEs, I have uh, heard where people have said, but there was kind of like this portal where you were not allowed to go past that. And so there are these realms so based on some total of your spiritual evolution that you get to touch those realms and and so based on your where you are spiritually you get to go to those levels or you can be within the elementary school levels you can be within the middle school levels or the high school levels and um and those are all like the manifest manifest portion of the real of the subtler realms and then beyond that is the uh, another that's described by the masters that my guru also says is that's the that's beyond that's the unmanifest and then beyond that is beyond the beyond where there's nothing it's total void there's there's absolute it's in Sanskrit, it's called the Turiya state, where the anything that can report, just like in deep sleep, there is nothing that goes with you, no awareness, no consciousness that can report back as to where you were, nothing is reported back. So in that beyond the beyond, the source state is where nothing can be, there is nothing that to record what is happening so that information cannot be brought back. And that is why ultimately the most enlightened masters will also say that you cannot understand God, the ultimate, um, through intellect, through understanding. It can help you navigate some of your curiosities and um, um, questions that you have while you are on your spiritual path, but um, it's, you can only experience it. So it's experiential. So talking from Hindu perspective, which is really the original name of Hinduism, it's uh, Sanatan Dharma. And that is what it says. Sanatan Dharma is, it means the eternal truth, eternal universal truth. And so Hinduism is popularly considered as a religion. It's not a religion. It is the origin of it is Sanatana Dharma, and therefore it is not composed of any ideologies. It is the divine order. It is just you discovering, going, coming, going back to your eternal truth, seeking your eternal truth. And so, and each, and it is each person's own experience. So it's completely experience-based. And because each person is unique, so therefore there can be as many unique methods. And therefore within Sanatana Dharma, there is no one book, no one prophet, no one um, uh, method. So as many people, there are as many methods. And so therefore there's a complete respect of each person's way their journey back to merging with the oneness, with the source. And, and therefore, it inherent in it is complete peace and complete respect for each person's way, their path and their journey. And so there is no concept of conversion, but there's nothing to convert to because there is no, no one way and it's totally respected whichever way is feels right to you and whichever way you connect to. So according to that, you connect to a certain guru or guru will choose you. Some person who has now become an enlightened master, they will then, if they 
choose you as their disciple, then in a way they take your complete responsibility. You not as a human uh, being, but uh, as your uh, journey from the human consciousness to merging into the divine, and they take that however many lifetimes it takes you or whatever multiple realities, wherever you're floating around, wherever they are um, then guiding it, hmm, whether they are there in body or not. I'm going to switch gears on you. You mentioned mm-hmm. earlier that you have a YouTube channel and a website. So what, yeah. is, what are the name of those? So it's spiritual root, spiritual. It's all one word, spiritual, R-O-U-T-E. And I have been blogging. <clears throat> I've written some of my uh, insights, some of my experiences, some of the mir- mir- miracle stories um, in uh, my blogs. I am currently in the process of completely redesigning it. So pretty soon, um, everybody can see a whole new, much better, fancier version. And I have YouTube channel, which is Spiritual Root. And on that, I, I found it very important to talk about my guru. So there's a whole, I started off with a whole lot of uh, videos about my guru and the miracles that he performed. And it's not so much talking about miracles. It's not so much to talk about him, but to show that masters are here to show us the way back to our own divine truth and that they are showing us that if I can perform these miracles and if I have this potential, then you have it too. And so to awaken us to our divine truth. And therefore, if that helps people, this is all possible. This is possible. It's all that potential is within me. So I have them in Hindi because a lot of my audience is, speaks Hindi. So I've been Hindi and English, and then I have started to make videos about my experiences and my what insights that I can give. And um, so that's a YouTube channel. I have Facebook page also, which is Spiritual Root, and um, and then. My I am experienced, I'm a featured author you already mentioned in the beginning. In uh, Claudia Edge wrote this book, We Touched Heaven, and it's launching on Amazon on May 31st. Uh, it is an absolutely beautiful uh, way, the stories from all over the world, people with who don't know each other, and who have completely different backgrounds, different nationalities, they have been featured in this book. I am one of them. And I, this is so beautiful resource for everybody. And I feel like anybody who fears death, anybody who, one, who grieves over their loved one um, have might have passed away. Anybody who's curious as to what happens after on um, what is beyond our physical reality, then this book is, I believe, going to be an answer for everybody. And Dr. Raymond Moody, in fact, um, wrote a review for this book. He said it's terrific, so we can count that it is terrific. And um, it's launching on May 31st on Amazon, so everybody can get a copy that day. It'll be available. That's great. Now, you mentioned you're working on a book. How soon will that be completed? Yes, yes. So I have taken time off from all the healing work I had been doing, the energy healing work I do, and I am now focusing on my book. So hopefully soon. I have my first draft I just need to edit it and get it out there. So pretty soon we'll be talking about that book also. All right, Ritu, before we finish, do you have one last message that you would like to share with the audience? I will say that each and every person is is the source, is part of the source, sources inside you. There is nothing 
you could have done, that you could do, that ever takes away from the love, the unconditional love that is pouring on you. And if you feel at any point like you are alone, that is just know that keep working, keep trying to find answers and keep trying. Meditation is one of the most powerful techniques. Even if it's two minutes or five minutes, take that time and connect to the to the to the power that's within you and you will receive the answers and you are never alone and do not give up on your life <laughs> especially been very disturbed by i get disturbed by people who commit suicide and i have that knowledge that committing suicide is never is is a temporary it's a much more millionfold painful experience in the subtle realm when you have committed suicide and then you have to come back into the form and you have to then go through a life script that could be even harder than where you thought you were escaping from so do not give in reach out to someone there are there are people like me i offer compassionate listening and i will be offering that on my website also reach out to someone and know that you are no matter what has ever happened what will ever happen that you are unconditionally loved and keep that in your heart and keep that reminder thank you for that message ritu and thank you for being my guest Thank you so much Jeff. I have thoroughly enjoyed our conversation and I look forward to many more. Me too. Uh all right, well I wish you massive success and have Thank a great you. evening. You too. Thank you Jeff. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for watching the Jeff Mara podcast. I really appreciate you. Another way to show support is through YouTube memberships. And if you do, there are loyalty badges and other perks depending on your level of membership. All you need to do is click the join button underneath the video to find out more. Thank you for your support.